0: Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host Hemel Javeri. Joining me today is MLB writer and co-host of, or host of his own podcast, Ted Berg. Hi Ted. There's no
1: co. There's no co. I know, there's you. no co. No, it's just host.
0: It's just host. Hi Ted, what's going on?
1: I am chilling. How are you?
0: I'm good. It is the second day of the MLB season. How did Opening Day go?
1: It was fun. I went to the Mets game. I got to work from a baseball game, and that is good.
0: So Ted is here ostensibly to talk about, uh, to give us a preview of the upcoming season, but there's another thing that I really want to talk about before we get to baseball, and that's John Goodman.
1: I found out today that Hemel doesn't appreciate John Goodman. And like I feel like I don't even know that this is worth talking about because we're so far apart on this that there's not there's not gonna be common ground. And I don't honestly, like I just you're gonna take this in the wrong way. Like I don't even know if I care what you have to say <laughs> if you respect John Goodman.
0: I don't I mean I don't care. I don't care if you don't care but I'm curious to hear why you love John Goodman. And just to give you guys some context, we were talking about the Roseanne reboot in Slack, and and this all spiraled out from there. But give me your case for John Goodman.
1: Um, he's awesome. Like it's just it's it's John Goodman is my case for John Goodman. He's been in a million things. He seems like he is neither above or beneath anything like john goodman will be in like artsy movies and like you know crime movies and serious movies and dramas and then he'll also be in like the dumbest movies and kids movies like john goodman will take your part and john goodman will throw like every single bit of his enormous body into your into that part and he's awesome at it like he's he is he plays a broad range of oddball characters um and he brings i believe some poignancy to his roles when when need be and and sometimes even in uh like comedic roles and lesser roles he's just a, he is a an excellent actor who has been in a ton of movies and tv shows i like
0: um uh, okay but there's no like bill murray-esque you know, kind of Jeff Goldblum charm to him. He seems to me more like a -a workaday actor who has been around a lot, but nothing really particularly stands out about him.
1: Uh, did you know he is super woke?
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that he's super woke. I think that's awesome. And somebody should be super woke. Um, but I don't think that makes up for it. Well, uh, How do you you know he's super woke?
1: Because I also found out that people should know that you also – and, like, I almost don't want to argue about this because it feels so stereotypical for, like, here's this, like, I'm this blogger guy who's in his mid to late 30s and I'm going to tell you how great The Big Lebowski is. Except that The Big Lebowski is just an incredible movie and uh, that you wouldn't enjoy it, again, points to just – Simply
0: bad taste. Oh, okay. Stop right there. Okay, because I think that The Big Lebowski especially is just some kind of fantasy for dudes to live out being immature for the rest of their lives. Yes. It's totally a very, like, male-centric movie, so I don't think there's anything... that makes it not good? No, no, no. no. That makes it very... I don't think there's anything surprising or anything suggesting that it means I have bad taste because I did not really enjoy or find anything... Particularly interesting about a movie that only speaks to the male experience, right? It has nothing to do with women at all, aside from I mean, them that's... being around to have sex with. Uh,
1: okay. I mean, it's... Yeah, that's... That's sort of true. I mean, there are, there are female characters that are central to the story. Um, they all happen to have sex with people in the, in the, in the movie, uh, which is fair. So it's a fair point. But it's still, I don't know, it's just a, it's a, it's a very good movie. Like, I, I, I don't know, there are movies that don't speak to the male perspective that I enjoy. Like, we can look at all different things and say, like, yeah, this is a bro movie, but it's a really good one.
0: I, and I agree with that, but I'm telling you, I watched it and I was like, okay, well, this is a good bro movie, but I don't really get, uh, I don't really get anything else out of it except from like, okay, that's a really great bro movie. I think maybe, You're, I think that uh, it, the,
1: it's so funny. It's just very funny. And it's, it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was okay. Interest. It's like sort of a wacky, twisting story. There are all sorts of like. I mean, I think it's. It looks great, like the aesthetically. It is a very pleasing movie, Mm -hmm. uh, set in these like seedy California bowling alleys and grocery stores and such, and his crappy apartment. I thought the Coen Brothers did an awesome job of of having like a look to the whole thing, and it's extremely well acted, like across the board. There are a bunch of, of really good people in it. John Goodman certainly uh, included. And, yeah, it's just good. I, again, I can't believe I'm even having this conversation. <laughs>
0: Look, I'm not saying that it was a bad movie. And and this is the last thing that I'll say about this. It's just that it was a perfectly fine movie, and I don't understand why everybody loves it so much.
1: Okay. okay. I mean, I, I get that because I feel that way about a lot of things. But that, not that one. That one, <laughs> I get. That one, I get.
0: Um. Uh,
1: have you seen so the thing is john john goodman's like to pull up his filmography mm-hmm. or his list of tv shows they're so darn long that like it's really hard to pick have you seen argo he was really good in argo
0: i have seen argo i don't particularly remember his role in it but i remember i He's enjoyed a big guy
1: who yelled a lot probably I, <laughs> I don't remember either. I'm just saying he was good in Argo because I, 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 just, because I assume he was good in Argo.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't remember him in Argo. I just remember that I did enjoy that movie. I'm looking through his IMDB page right now to see what else he might have been in. Um, And he seems to have been in a He's, ton just, of movies. Doesn't...
1: The movie it doesn't even matter like it doesn't even matter what movie it is it's just John Goodman's just like on some studio lot somewhere and they're like oh we're making the artist oh like John bring him over like we have this here's a part for John Goodman oh we're making Argo like oh good John Goodman's already standing there just we need someone for this role let him do it and we're, we're making the Flintstones oh we need Fred Flint. oh here's John Goodman he's, he is okay. here at our movie studio stick him in the movie he's gonna do it well he's gonna put in a a lot of energy, and there's going to be a certain charm to it.
0: I am looking through his biography, filmography, to see if there's anything that I can be like, oh, I loved him in this movie, and there's absolutely nothing. Like, I, I see that he's been in millions of movies, but there's nothing where I'm like, oh, he played this great character there, and and I really enjoyed his performance.
1: I mean, I mean so much of the time, he is playing such a small role, which I think is also part of the appeal of John Goodman, is like, now here's like the cyclops in in O Brother where art thou and he's in the movie for like 7 minutes. But those are like the most memorable 7 mo- minutes of the movie because they've got John Goodman in it.
0: Didn't he play Babe Ruth? Am I making that yes. up?
1: Yeah, but, yeah. That movie is not terribly good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's not a great. I'm not going I'm not going I'm not going to sit here and defend <laughs> the Babe. All right, uh, no, so, not, not such a good movie. <laughs> all right, well, I guess I mean, Ralph I it mean, was a really good movie if you like dumb things.
0: I don't like dumb things. You know me. I don't have a sense of humor about anything.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> all right, so moving on, we're not gonna come to a consensus. Have you about- see
1: arachnophobia. Have you seen arachnophobia? He was like sort of the main guy in that.
0: Nope, never saw that movie either.
1: Huh. yeah this is that was just a, big, a genre that was a big, you were around in 1990 that movie was a big deal in 1990
0: yeah i mean i was around in 1990 but i also was not really into like spider horror movies in 1990 i think i just wanted to hang out and like read the babysitter's club or whatever all right <laughs> sorry sorry or you that... were lame
1: sorry you were lame
0: <laughs> yeah sorry that i didn't live up to your john goodman expectations um moving on to baseball Opening, uh, opening day it was yesterday. We got a full season coming up. Uh, what are some things that we should be interested and excited about? Big storylines.
1: Uh, well, so the big thing in baseball the last couple of years has been that guys hit tons of home runs now, and there are sort of two guiding ideas behind why there are so many home runs. And one is pretty simple: it's that they changed the baseball, and it, because the home runs sort of jumped up right around the all-star break in 2015, which is really odd. Like if it was some sort of gradual change in how hitters are approaching their, their swings and stuff like that, you wouldn't expect it to just sort of jump right in the middle of the season like that, mm-hmm. uh, especially at this break in the season, when presumably they might be supplying new pulse. And, and so, and a lot of people have looked at, uh, you know, actual game-used baseballs from before the 2015 All-Star break and since, and found some differences that are, they're within Major League Baseball specifications. So they, Major League Baseball gives you a range of specifications for the baseball, and so they're within the range, but they're big enough to account for a lot of the difference in home runs. So that's one idea. And then... There's the other idea, which is also a true thing, is that hitters are trying to hit more home runs, and so they are swinging up at the ball a little more, try to hit it in the air, um, and so hitting a lot more home runs that way. So the big thing now in baseball, and sort of the big thing I think a lot of people will be watching all year, is how many home runs guys are going to hit. I think that there might be, like it, to me it almost seems improbable that no one was chasing big numbers of home runs last year whether you know 61 Roger Maris' number or even you know the 70s where where Mark McGuire and, and Barry Bonds were just because there are so many homers that it feels like some guy's going to do that so that's one thing I'm going to look for this year uh, there's this pace of play thing has always been as a sort of a long Oh thing yeah
0: weren't there isn't there a rule change this year about pace of uh,
1: so they they made a couple the the big one that they were gonna make they didn't make they were gonna add a clock for between pitches and basically the players hated that idea so much that the league had to back off of it uh and so they've changed it by making it now you can only visit the mound six times in a game uh and so and that includes the the coaches or or the catchers or or the infielders or whoever else and so we haven't seen that i don't know how that's going to be enforced and we haven't seen a need for it yet um, but that is one change and there there's a sort of supposed like good faith agreement to try to speed it up a little bit
0: so let me just say that 6 times still seems like quite a bit uh, i understand mm. i mean i understand that if you get into these like long uh, extra inning games 6 you know yeah, that's well, rare but
1: get, i think they get more when they get the extra innings but and, and I agree that it seems like a lot of times, like, and and to me, a lot of times it feels like every time now a guy gets to second base, then everyone needs to conference about the signs. And I kind of feel like maybe just memorize them, maybe just learn <laughs> the signs, you know. And and I and like I know I sound so crotchety about that, and I know that like sign stealing is a thing, and guys are definitely trying to do it, and teams definitely need to protect their signs, but. Get better at it. Just get better at it so you we don't have to watch you stand around and talk about it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I don't think that's being crotchety. I think that's a totally reasonable request. Like, do a little bit of work, guys. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about Shohei Otani? He had a pretty pretty good debut, living up to the hype.
1: Uh, well, he got a hit. I mean, he so he had a really bad spring training, and I think that's kind of uh, – it's deadened a little bit of the hype machine around him. Oh, okay. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So he looked... by, By pretty much all accounts, he looks better as a pitcher than as a hitter. And... There were some questions about, like maybe they'll start him off in the minor leagues just to sort of take the pressure off off the transition a little bit. Uh, after he didn't have a great spring, I think that they need him in the starting rotation and to sort of honor whatever agreement they have with him. They're gonna they're gonna use him as a hitter, and he got a hit yesterday. The and this is not from like speaking to scouts or anything. This is just stuff uh, stuff I've read and and just sort of generally heard. It's, it sounds like he is a head. Uh, he is like closer to ready to be good as a pitcher than as a hitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other side is that he was, he was really good at both in Japan, which is a really high level of baseball. So there's a lot of evidence that he'll figure it out.
0: How excited are you to have Mike Trout back in your life?
1: Uh, It's good. It's good. Mike Trout actually had his first career 0 for 6 day yesterday. And so that's a little distressing to me, but uh, it's probably just a weird thing.
0: Just a bump in the road. Uh, Um, among the teams, you know, to really watch uh, the Angels, anybody else that you think really deserves attention or that might fly under the radar?
1: It's, a, it's kind of a weird year because the the teams that are, it feels like the teams that are going to win the divisions are like set from the outset of the mm. year. Um, And, and that's going to change and guys are going to get hurt and some team is going to surprise people, but... Right now so many teams are kind of in tank mode where they're like not they're not really trying to contend right now. They're trying to collect young players and, and contend two or three years from now or even, you know, next year. And so sometimes what happens is is clubs explode out of that a little bit faster than you expect. Like the Astros Everyone knew the Astros were eventually going to be good, but the Astros wound up being good in like 2015, which was a year or two ahead of what people thought the schedule was. Uh, And so, like, there's a chance that a a team like the Phillies could do that. Uh, I even think the White Sox could do that. Uh, But there's, for the most part, it feels like there are, you know, the Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers, uh, Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, and Astros are just like those are the the best teams and then everyone else is kind of there's like a big mix of teams in the middle and then a bunch of teams at the bottom there's like the the tigers and the marlins and probably the royals and like there's a few teams that are just not gonna win it's
0: there's not a lot of parity in the league i think you know it feels like every year with the nhl season it seems like you've got the the teams that everybody knows is going to do well like The penguins and the capitals to a certain degree and then once it's playoff time everything gets mixed up but but there's always there always seems to be so much parody in the nhl that yeah this is how it's leaning but it could go either way and it doesn't sound like that's happening this season in well yeah so
1: what will what will happen in baseball and and this has been this is a, a sort of a rare era i think for baseball usually there are divisions where they're, it, they're, it looks like they're going to be a lot closer. Um, where there will be parity I think is in like the wild card races, especially in the National League because there's just a, a bunch of teams there's like the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Mets, uh, the, the Giants a little bit, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks who are all like pretty good teams. And so I think you could see a lot of those teams like sort of in uh, like 86 win range by the end of the season and then uh, that might make things pretty exciting.
0: Um, and moving on to a thing that you like to talk about and kind of mixes both of your passions, baseball stadiums and food. You guys tried a lot of the food at Mets at at Citi Field, is that right? Yes. Um. So if you and you get to travel quite a bit, like during the postseason, w- what place are you excited to go and try the food? And I don't mean outside in the city. I mean at the park. Huh.
1: That's a good question. Well, so. Uh, actually, I, I mean, I'll throw uh, – I don't have to go anywhere. This is, is super excited. I just got in the mail like an hour ago uh, my VIP invite to this event Major League Baseball is doing in New York. Called Food Fest, where they're going to have food from all thirty stadiums available in one location. Whoa! So, uh, so I don't have to go. That's like you. Sounds like you were setting up an ad for MLB's <laughs> event. But uh, I'm definitely going. Like I'm not. I'm not just saying that. Like I will. I will endorse this as an idea <laughs> that Major League Baseball is doing this because it's going to feed me, and I have in the box that is still. Down ne- like next to my foot, I can pull out this menu. Oh, and I remember the thing I'm really psyched to eat. It is the uh, the Miami Marlins, who's, uh, you may know I have sort of a, a history with Marlins concessions, <laughs> but uh, they are serving a bacon-wrapped plantain this Ooh. year. Um, do it, you like plantains?
0: Uh, yeah. I like plantain chips. Plantain chips are really big in India. You can get them like fried with all kinds of different spices but I don't know if I've ever actually eaten just like a cooked plantain
1: so it it, it makes sense that you wouldn't because the place that you mostly that or that I mostly get them is from uh from like chicken places like chicken places and so if you weren't in one of those you wouldn't likely get them as a side but they're delicious uh like they, they sort of like they're like sort of like caramelized grilled plantains are just they're like a sort of saltier heartier banana obviously um and wrapping in bacon sounds good i'm trying to find the rest of the description because there was other stuff going on oh here it is uh oh bacon wrapped plantain it's got like some sort of sauce on it. It's got, I think, it's like a guava sauce and cheese on it. I'm guessing this thing is incredible.
0: Oh man, Anyways, um, st- yeah. I mean, I'm. It, it sounds delicious. Like you know me, I'm a vegetarian, so it's hard for me to get stoked about food, but. Uh, that's kind of cool that you get to do it and that you don't have to travel. But wait, wait, backtrack a bit. What is your what is your history with the Marlins and concessions? What did... Oh, I had that coffee thing last Oh, <laughs> is that where it was? Yeah,
1: yeah, that was at Marlins Park I drank. Uh, uh, they gave me, I bought a coffee for $5. I, I asked, I was like, I need to get coffee. It's the first press box I've ever been <laughs> in in my entire life, which doesn't, which doesn't serve coffee. Right. There was other food, I'm not being unappreciative, but it's just really rare for a press box to not have a coffee. Maker or some sort of coffee thing, a curry, something. P- people working need coffee. They just need coffee, and and I need a ton of it. And so someone at Marlins Park pointed me to like the Taste of Miami section. I went to the coffee place. They were all names. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize. I picked one.
0: Yeah, because you're an unwoke white guy.
1: Right, right, um, and that's fine. I'm not from Miami. I'm not from Miami. I've been, I've been to like. 46 states. Okay, like I'm well-traveled. I eat food everywhere. I had never I had spent like a total of two hours in Miami before I was in Miami So I didn't know their coffee culture. I got a thing. It was called the colada It was like the size of an espresso shot and the guy was like, yeah, it's meant to be shared. And he gave me like four little cups that are like the size of the, um, you know when you get like the creamer for your yeah. coffee, like in the little thing, it was just four cups that size. And he was like, yeah, you're supposed to share this with, with three other people. Uh, and I, so I, I tweeted about it because I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. It's a tiny coffee. And then it blew up on Miami Twitter and made made an ass of me because (laughs) I guess that's a thing in Miami. And they were all like, oh no, Poppy, it's too strong. You're going to die. Like white people can't handle this amount of coffee. And I'm here to say it just wasn't that much coffee. It wasn't that much caffeine. I was totally fine.
0: I like that they called you Poppy. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot of yeah. I mean, a, and, and it's Miami, so like every single person who is telling me that I am about to soil myself is like super hot. Like, there's just, like, every, every, you're like, is this another Instagram model telling me I'm about to crap my pants? Well,
0: I mean, they live in Miami. They're, they're obviously super hot. Everybody in Miami is hot. Yeah. And so,
1: so that was, like, a fun, like, subcurrent of this thing was, like, increasingly attractive people just telling me, like, grosser and grosser things that were going to happen to my body.
0: Well, I mean, you've learned now to never tweet ever again.
1: Um, uh, uh, no, because, it, it, like, come at me. I, I will stand behind it. It just wasn't that strong. I, I just, I've had, I, it was like the strength of one and a half coffees.
0: I will tell you that we just did this Marvel bracket, and this goes to people being kind of very protective of whatever thing they're passionate about on Twitter. Um, the strangest thing that I have gotten yelled at on Twitter about is this Marvel bracket that we did, and I was like, I don't see why Doctor Strange won over Black Panther and my mentions oh, were yeah, just like, I don't, wrecked. I don't, I don't know the Marvel world as well as
1: you do, but based on what I knew, it felt like every single one of those matchups went wrong. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it,
0: the whole thing, wrong. I feel like the whole thing kind of unraveled in a way that I was not expecting. Um, which is fine. I'm glad that people who are very passionate about their characters banded and sent a lot of page views our way. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got my mentions just got totally destroyed by people who thought I was being disrespectful to a fictional character and was being biased. I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: what? Wait, what? Fictional character, did you disrespect?
0: Well, I just wrote about how I thought that the Black Panther was. I was surprised that Doctor Strange won over Black Panther. Especially just, now, especially while Black Panther is like the biggest thing yes, going, right? Yeah, like Black Panther yes. is like the biggest thing going, and he's, you know, the movie made like a gazillion dollars and was critically loved. And I mean, it was an incredible movie. It's an incredible movie, and Doctor Strange was a very fine movie. It was good. I didn't see it. I didn't even
1: know that that was a
0: movie. I mean, it was fine for what it was. It's just like a, a super hero movie that was funny and better than average, um, and it made a respectable amount of money. It made Marvel money, but there was no there was no indication that it would blow Black Panther out of the water, which it did, so my post was just like, this is very surprising, because Doctor Strange isn't that great. I feel
1: like that's like one, who who's the actor who played Doctor Strange?
0: Uh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: Check, check Benedict Cumberbatch's IP address. <laughs> I think you're going to find your answer. I think that it was just him, like... No, it's everyone's forgotten about old Cumberbatch. <laughs> and I am gonna vote my way to the top. Oh
0: god, if only that were true, that would be fantastic. I hope he was behind all the accounts that were that were yelling about how great he is. Um all right, we oh, is that what happened though? Did it get picked up by cause I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch has like some really passionate fans. I, I think that's what happened. Was it the Cumberbunch? I, I don't know what they're called, and I think it's a kind of a bad name. Um but when I went through, like, my mentions, every now and then it would look like a reasonable person, and then I would scroll a little, and I would see, like, 18,000 gifts of Benedict Cumberbatch. So, I assumed... I, yeah, yeah, I so, am
1: online to celebrate Benedict Cumberbatch and nothing else.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was... There, I mean, I think there might have been a lot of people from Southeast Asia, because I picked up a lot of followers, and their accounts are all in, like, Malay or Chinese or something. So
1: Is, is that a thing? is there a southeast asian cumberbatch appreciation subculture i i feel
0: like there must be because it feels worth pursuing I, I think that the i think that there's a benedict cumberbatch fan club somewhere in southeast asia and they all decided that they were going to make him win and it worked <laughs> well I, know,
1: I mean a big part of why these movies are so successful is that they're all huge over overseas right yeah. like that's and that's why you see increasingly few like subtle movies in movie theaters now right because like the things that that Rely on just dialogue, just get lost in translation when they when they're sending them overseas.
0: Yeah, there there has to be like it has to not just relate to an American audience, but to an international audience. Um, so I watched Pacific Rim Uprising last weekend because I'm low key a big fan of that franchise. Well, it's franchise now because they have two films. That's but, like the Rock and Sock and Robots movie. Yeah, it's like giant mo I'm- giant monsters fight giant robots. Like it's such a great premise.
1: It still it has it has the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Right? Ugh,
0: no, the reboot doesn't. The new one doesn't have him in it.
1: Okay. Uh I liked I liked the first one. I don't remember that much of it, but I remember being I oh, yeah, that's a pretty good
0: movie. Yeah, I I liked the first one quite a bit. I thought that it was it was Guillermo del Toro and for all the flaws that it had, it was a good movie. Um, but this one, the, the reboot was, you could just tell right away that it had to appeal to a large audience that might not understand English that well, because there was very little dialogue and what dialogue there was, was really kind of simplified so that if English wasn't your first language, you'd still be able to understand it. And, and yeah. it felt very deliberate. And
1: I, I feel that like a lot of times when I'm like, cause I, I... I almost exclusively see movies where stuff, but like I am also, I'm saying like, oh, they, the real good movies can't play in the theaters anymore. And then I am 100% all of my ticket money goes to like big budget action films. So I'm also at fault, I guess, but I do notice increasingly that it's like, man, this is not what people talk like. They are just telling you the plot of the movie. outright, yeah. Right now. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like straight uh,
0: exposition. Um, right. all right. Well, we're, totally have we- veered wildly away from baseball and john goodman um but thanks for hanging out ted i missed my this.
1: Pleasure. yeah it's good <laughs> we well, should come back on oh, can can we can i can i promote oh my god yeah I, say, yeah I was you gonna say yeah i was gonna help come you on but again and answer more questions begrudgingly.
0: Begrudgingly, yes. Uh Ted's podcast by the way is called Ted Quarters and it's available on iTunes. So you should subs- Google
1: Play. It's on Google Play.
0: Ooh, and Google Play, so you should subscribe to that. And thank you very much for hanging out with us and we'll see you next week.